Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a batting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. It is Tuesday, January the 10th. Ian Cameron with you as we are ready to break down another Tuesday NHL card. It is a massive slate with 10 games on tap on this Tuesday night. Looking forward to breaking it down. Uh, originally, Matthew Wright, who has been on the show, was on the show just a week or two ago uh, and did a great job. He was expected to be joining me today, but last uh, minute had to pull out, had to reschedule. He's going to be on tomorrow's show uh, instead uh, uh, this week. So Matthew Wright will be joining me tomorrow on the show. So as a result, it's another solo uh, mission for yours truly uh, here on the Tuesday show, which you know I never mind doing. It's always fun. Just uh, you and I. Uh, basically, uh, with the uh, viewers and the listeners uh, breaking it down uh, here on uh, the NHL slate. So looking forward to breaking that down uh, here. Once again, we got a great slate to uh, talk about. So we're going to have Matthew Wright joining the show tomorrow. And then on Thursday, Alex will be back. And we've got a special guest that I think has the potential to be phenomenal. This guy is a uh, a beauty just from chatting with him back and forth. He's big into uh, football betting, a little bit into hockey betting, but uh, you can tell he's a character, and uh, he played in the NHL briefly, played a lot of years uh, overseas in Europe as well. Uh, Jordan Kristanovich is going to be joining us on the show Thursday uh, for the very first time. Uh, talk briefly about his career. Most of it is going to be the NHL slate on Thursday. Jordan will be with us via audio only, though, because he's going to be working at the time. So he said there's no way I could get video for the uh, uh, Ice Guys appearance on Thursday. So it'll be audio only for him on Thursday, but we're going to be doing for the Patreon members. And this is another perk and incentive and a reason why you should be a Patreon Ice Guys member. We're going to be doing a bonus video uh, segment with Jordan. Uh, we'll be recording that uh, uh, within the next uh, few days, few weeks, and we will be uh, posting that on the Patreon page. It will have video as well. Uh, and we will be talking in depth about Jordan's playing days because he did play for the Colorado Avalanche for a handful of games back in the early 2000s. And who was on the Colorado Avalanche back then? Oh, yeah, a certain guy named Joe Sackick, another certain guy named Peter Forsberg. Uh, those names might ring a bell to you if you're a hockey fan. So uh, we are going to obviously hear uh, some great recollections from Jordan from those days. Uh, obviously, some great Colorado Avalanche teams uh, back in those days. No question about that. Uh, and just overall, some stories he's got from his career. That's going to be on the uh, Patreon page. Uh, and we'll be recording that and posting that within the next uh, few weeks. So that'll be a lot of fun as well. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, before we get into Tuesday's uh, card, uh, let's briefly look back at last night. Just briefly, um, because we know we got a lot of games to get through today uh, on this Tuesday. Um, we'll start with the Ottawa. Very disappointing from the Ottawa Senators. You get bombed at home by Seattle. You fall behind early uh, against Nashville, and you really never mount to come back. You're pretty much trailing the whole game. Never felt like the Senators were in that hockey game last night, and they end up losing 3 nothing uh, at the uh, hands uh, of the Nashville Predators. Uh, how about the Flyers? A 4 nothing shutout win against the Sabres, and Sabres have this nasty little habit of playing up and playing down to competition. It's good when they play up to the competition because they played their best hockey against 
Washington and Boston, uh, Minnesota. Uh, there's just a bunch of examples this year. Pittsburgh, you know, they played them tough uh, earlier this year. They've gotten some great wins against some great teams, good competition, but they've also been laying eggs and having these clunkers every now and then. Remember when they were on that win streak? What was the one loss? Oh, yeah, Ottawa. You know, another team that's obviously had their struggles this year. And last night, Buffalo ends up losing 4 nothing uh, to the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, we, we heard Torts was not happy about the game against Toronto. We played the clip from that game, obviously, uh, yesterday uh, with the, uh, <laughs> with the uh, question that nobody could make any sense of, that uh, even Torts couldn't figure it out. But he wasn't happy about the effort against the Leafs, the defensive job, the defensive lack of it. Uh, that they had against the Leafs. They uh, certainly rebounded in that department, carried the play. Samuel Erson was very good in net as well for the Flyers, getting his first ever uh, NHL shutout, and the uh, Flyers get a 4 nothing win over the uh, Sabres. Seattle, 4 nothing against Montreal. Man, my heart was in my throat with that team total over. Holy fuck, man. They left it right to the last minute and finally put it away, that fourth goal that we needed for that team total uh, to go over, to courtesy of Matty Beneers into the empty net. Uh, but 4 nothing for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Ellie Tolvin, and I've talked about his props uh, since he's been since he's become a Kraken, essentially, uh, and was uh, claimed off waivers by Seattle from the Nashville Predators, and that he's got a point to prove, chip on his shoulder, incentive to play well, showing that, hey, I'm a good hockey player. I'm going to make the most of it here with this Seattle team, uh, and certainly uh, he's done that. He scores again last night for the uh, crack and, and adds an assist as well on the Vince Dunn goal that made it three nothing. So two points for Tolvin and another good prop option definitely to keep an eye on tonight as well because crack the Seattle Kraken are back in action once again uh, and moving forward he has been very good since joining this team no question about that and the LA Kings with a six to three win over the Edmonton Oilers last night more issues defending for the Oilers again. Too many quality chances. Too many good looks are given up by this Oilers team uh, against the LA Kings. The over cashes for me there, and that's what is it now? I believe uh, twelve and two to the over this year for the Edmonton Oilers when they when their previous game stays under. I mean, it's just been an incredible angle that we've uh, figured out, and we have been riding it, uh, and it came through once again. Uh, Edmonton, like I said, they're now twelve and two to the over this year when they're coming off and under in their previous game. Uh, again, not a great night for uh, the defensive uh, core once again for the Oilers. The power, the, the special teams was the difference in that hockey game. I mean, the Oilers were absolutely putrid uh, with the uh, on the penalty kill. Uh, they give up a whopping four power play goals, four power play goals to the LA Kings uh, last night. And if you're going to give up four power play goals in any hockey game, you're not going to win. You know, nine times out of ten. Certainly we saw that from the Oilers. Horrific on the penalty kill. Uh, meanwhile, their own power play got completely shut down uh, by the uh, LA Kings last night. And yeah, that was truly the difference in the hockey game. It really was a special teams dominant game from the uh, LA Kings. They score four power play goals and they keep that vaunted uh, Edmonton Oilers power play uh, off the scoreboard. So really it was special teams that made the difference for LA uh, in the victory. I like that we saw some some mean spirits, some some uh, nastiness, some intensity, some dislike, some hatred, some vitriol between the uh, Oilers and the Kings last night. Uh, obviously, you can tell the, 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 there's a little rivalry ramping up here with these two teams. You know, they've played each other now twice in the regular season. They're in the same division. Uh, they played each other in the playoffs last year, obviously, uh, in the first round. And you can tell when you play each other this many times, eventually it's going to be 
I don't like you and you don't like me. You know, and that's what we've got going on right now with the Oilers and the Kings. And refreshing that last night we had three fights in this game. Three fights, not all of them involving tough guys or guys that normally drop the gloves. Philip Deneau doesn't normally drop the gloves. Yes, Apuli-Arvey doesn't normally drop the gloves. They got into a scrap. Zach Hyman is a very hard-nosed player, but he's not known for fighting all that much, and he doesn't do it very often. He dropped the gloves with Sean Dursey. Again, same thing with Dursey. Dursey doesn't fight very often. And then the same thing with Costin and with, uh, well, Lemieux fights a lot, but Clem Costin uh, doesn't do that very often, and they dropped the gloves. And what I like about the three fights from that game last night is it wasn't, oh, someone hit someone and I got to run in there and drop my gloves and pound the guy's face in because he hit my teammate. It was none of that shit, which you know I don't like. I don't like people going after someone and fighting them just because they lay them out clean and it's a clean hit. You know, I don't like that. This was all spontaneous stuff last night. This was just, you know, I'm sick of you. You're sick of me. I don't like you. We've, uh, you know, we've got a hatred building up. We've got a little rivalry budding here with the Oilers and the Kings. And there was spontaneous dropping of the gloves last night uh, in that hockey game. That's definitely what I liked about the situations revolving around those three fights, those three scraps we saw uh, between the uh, Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings last night. Very intense hockey game. Good to see it. Uh, and the LA Kings get the victory six to three uh, over the Edmonton Oilers. All right, let's get into Tuesday's card. We've got a massive one, 10 games, and we will start with the Seattle Kraken taking on the Buffalo Sabres, both teams on the second night of back-to-back games. Both of them were in action last night, so there's really no real advantage with that either way. Uh, we've got, other than Buffalo, is obviously st- still at home, so it's a second straight home game for them. Seattle does have to travel a little bit from Montreal to uh, Buffalo. Uh, but we've got uh, Buffalo here, minus 115, slight home favorite, six and a half the total, shaded to the over uh, in this game. Uh, when you look at this matchup here, this is a spot that screams Buffalo. You know, it really does. And as much as, you know, the Seattle Kraken have been playing great, and it's it's hard to step in front of the Kraken right now. Uh, they are playing great. They're scoring goals in bunches. Uh, they have been lighting up the scoreboard lately. No question about that whatsoever. This road trip of theirs so far, it started in Edmonton. They score five. Toronto, they score five. Ottawa, they score eight. Uh, Montreal last night, four goals and a 4 nothing shutout win. Uh, they have been uh, just uh, rolling uh, the Seattle Kraken right now. Five straight wins as well uh, going into this matchup here against Buffalo. Uh, Seattle, by the way, 3-0 and against Buffalo since they've become a franchise here in the NHL. So it's been a series dominated by the Kraken. They've won all three head-to-head meetings. We have Buffalo off a 4-0 shutout loss against the Flyers. Again, a Buffalo team that's uh, definitely not always played their best against inferior competition lately, while we've gotten their best against the uh, better teams. That's been the recent uh, pattern here with the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Worth noting, back-to-back situations this year, Buffalo has been in this spot six times, and they are only one and five. So they have not been very good second night of back-to-back games. Seattle one and zero on the second night of back-to-back games. So they've only been in this spot once, and uh, they won in that situation. Look, um, it screams after a shutout loss at home. You're back home the next night. The Sabers, in theory, conceptually, this is a spot where they step up and play better, and I would expect that. And they've actually done well against the West, six and zero. Uh, against the Western Conference this year uh, in their last six games, the Buffalo Sabres. So it's a Buffalo spot. For that reason, I'm not betting against Buffalo, but I, I sure as hell I'm not going to fade a five-win, five-game win streak team in Seattle, a team that's playing great hockey, a team that's been great on the road, a team that's been better in this situation 
on the second night of back-to-back games than the Buffalo Sabres have been. So it's a pass for me from a side perspective. Uh, absolutely good point. It's funny, MDR, you're right. I was eyeing a first period, both teams to score in this game. I think it's a great bet because I think Buffalo comes out steaming, flying after getting uh, shut out and uh, you know goose-egged by the uh, Philadelphia Flyers last night, which doesn't happen to them uh, very often. In fact, you go back and look at the Sabres' results so far uh, this season. Uh, I don't believe that prior to last night uh, they had been shut out in any game. No, they had not. Uh, they had been held to one goal uh, in some games, but uh, never shut out this season until last night by the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. It is worth noting when it comes to the Sabres, one goal or less in the previous game, what have we seen from Buffalo? They scored one against Arizona, November 8th. Next game, they score four. Game goes over the total. Ottawa, they score one goal. Next game goes over the total. Toronto, they score two. They only scored two, but this game still went over the total. Score one goal against New Jersey uh, in a loss. Next game, Tampa Bay, they score five. The game goes over the total. At Pittsburgh, they score one goal. Next game at LA, 6 0. Uh, they score six goals. Game stays under, but they scored six goals, the uh, Buffalo Sabres, in that game. One goal against Ottawa in a loss, and the most recent loss they had. And then in the next game, they score five against Washington, and the game goes over the total. So I've got this one going over the total. That's the way I'm playing at six and a half here with the uh, Kraken and the uh, Sabres. Two teams that, again, I trust to find the back of the net here, really, uh, in this one. We've seen that from the Kraken. The Kraken team total overs have been good, but I think Buffalo will get some offense here tonight as well. Kraken team on the second of back-to-back on the road with a little travel. A lot of, you know, the, the road games are piling up here. Uh, for the uh, crack, and this is actually going to be on the road for them. Uh, their fifth game uh, in the last uh, eight days, I believe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, fifth game in eight days on the road for the uh, Seattle crack, and very important to point that out. So I don't think this team may be as sharp defensively here uh, as we've seen in some recent games, especially last night. And it's not like Montreal didn't have chances. Jones was solid in net. Uh, I think Sabres, after getting shut out, that's been a pattern for them. They score one goal or fewer, and in the next game, usually the offense comes to life uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. We actually don't have goalies confirmed yet for the uh, Sabres. Sabres are going through three different goalies now that are up with the big team with the with the Sabres right now. They've obviously got Craig Anderson, Uko Pekalukinen, a uh, UPL, and they've actually had Eric Comrie uh, as well uh, called up. So uh, I think they kind of at some point now that he's back from injury want to integrate him, but. It, it looks like it's going to be UPL. Not confirmed, but uh, looking like it's going to be uh, UPL here for the uh, uh, Seattle Kraken because uh, certainly they've got it confirmed right now. on uh, Or not confirmed, but left-wing lock has him as the likely uh, pro- goaltender uh, for the uh, game tonight for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. And UPL has been pretty solid, but again, this is a Seattle team rolling right now. Uh, offensively. As far as props go, in addition to liking uh, over the total in this game, I mentioned Ellie Tolvanen, Beneers, Sprong. Um, they're the ones that are really undervalued right now for the Kraken. Beneers, uh, not Beneers so much, but Sprong and Tolvanen uh, in particular. They both contributed last night for the uh, Seattle Kraken in that game. I mean, what can you say right now, too, about uh, on the blue line? We've talked about how great Thompson has been. Tuck, Skinner, that line for the Sabres. They've gotten contributions from Cousins, Quinn, Paterka, you know, some of their good young forwards as well uh, on the uh, Sabres. But what Rasmus Dahlin's doing on the blue line this year, it's been special. I mean, 12 goals, 32 assists, 44 points already 
for Rasmus Dahlin in 37 games from the blue line. More than a point-per-game player this season for the Buffalo Sabres uh, on the uh, blue line. So definitely his props continue to be worth a look right now. Uh, definitely one of those games where with both of these teams, right, with, with the way they're scoring, prior to last night Buffalo was scoring, I expect them to get their offensive uh, game reengaged tonight. Uh, they, you know, it's worth it to sprinkle across multiple players because there's been so many players getting in on the act for both teams offensively, Buffalo, and also similarly Seattle. Uh, and especially, like I said, Tolvanen and Sprong goes without saying they're my favorite undervalued under the radar props. Of course, Beniers is, you know, has been good. Wenberg's been good too, but I think Sprong and uh, Tolvanen right now really got it going. Uh, for the Seattle Kraken right now. Okay, next up, we've got Vancouver and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh minus 190, home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. We've got the uh, Penguins returning home off a road trip. Um, this is a really dicey spot for Pittsburgh because they were on the road for a very long time uh, out west. Uh, they went through, uh, or actually, the, the road trip started for them in Boston. Then they went to Vegas. Then they went to uh, Zona. Uh, and now they're back home. Actually, they were on the road for essentially a week since the uh, – in including the Winter Classic last week against the uh, Boston Bruins. So they're back home. They finally snapped the six-game losing streak with a very solid, workmanlike, business-like 4-1 road victory uh, over the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, they'll be looking to build on that here tonight against the uh, Vancouver Canucks in this game. Canucks, uh, you know, can't withstand prosperity. There's been so many instances where they win a game and they can't build on it. They have that 4-2 win against Colorado, and then they get uh, – whacked and ambushed by the uh, Vancouver Canucks or sorry, by the Winnipeg Jets, rather seven to four, uh, not a very pretty performance defensively deal. Colin Delia got pulled uh, in that game and ended up uh, Spencer Martin finishing it for uh, the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Casey DeSmith confirmed in that here for the uh, Penguins uh, in this one. He got the win obviously against Arizona. So Mike Sullivan going on a, a hunch here that, Hey, the guy, you know, snapped our losing. And plus, they have no choice. Tristan Jari uh, is out. So they got to roll with uh, uh, Casey DeSmith for now. Although, you know, Tristan Jari looks like he's closing in on a return from the lower body injury, skating once again uh, with the uh, team. So we'll see if uh, he's able to return maybe later in the week for the uh, Penguins. As far as Vancouver goes, Spencer Martin projected uh, to be in that. We'll see if that is indeed the uh, confirmation uh, prior to puck drop. Oddly enough, this is a series history that's been very under-heavy uh, between these two teams. Uh, in fact, 6-1 uh, and one to the under in the last seven head-to-head -head meetings between the Canucks and the Penguins. Although in Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh has won the last two meetings at home against the Vancouver Canucks, 8-6 to six in a wild, crazy one a couple of years ago, and in a 4-1 to one win last season against uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Earlier this year, Vancouver actually beat Pittsburgh by a score of 5-1 back on October the 28th. I think that was a tricky spot for Pittsburgh, too. They were in a bad scheduling spot and during a long road trip, if I'm not mistaken, with that 5-1 loss to the, uh, uh, to, the, uh, uh, to the Vancouver Canucks in that game. So they're in a better situation here. We'll see how this one goes. Don't have a strong feel for this game either way. I mean, Pittsburgh will see. P Pittsburgh, keep in mind, they're back home off the road trip. That's never a, a bet, great bet on spot. And they actually made a pit stop in Montreal following the game in Arizona. It was a wonderful gesture for this team to do this. It shows you how much they think of him. Chris Letang, that is. They're great veteran defensemen that in a time of great sorrow, great pain, great anguish, uh, obviously uh, uh, losing a, 
losing your father. Uh, and they apparently went to Montreal to be there for their teammate, attend the funeral of Chris Letang's father. I mean, just an absolutely terrific uh, show of support, you know, for a guy that's been uh, obviously with the Pittsburgh Penguins for a long period of time. No question about that. So how does it go? I mean, you've you basically been through the ringer physically on this road trip, mentally, emotionally. I'm sure, you know, being there for Latang, you know, took a lot of emotion out of them too. What what do they have here in this spot? This 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 is one of those games you just actually sit back, you watch, you see how it unfolds, you see how it starts. Because I could see Pittsburgh totally laying an egg tonight, and Vancouver's live in this game, or Pittsburgh is just, they're bolstered by getting that big win, snapping the losing streak against Arizona, you know, play hard, play, play with the great intensity tonight, you know, and especially coming off the fact that, you know, Crystal Tang's dad passed away. They're at the funeral. They want to support him. Uh, no question about that. Uh, and they come back home here to Pittsburgh and they bury, obviously a very, um, no pun intention. That's a bad choice of words. My bad there. Uh, <laughs> really bad uh pittsburgh comes back home and they take care of business here against the uh, vancouver canucks here uh, snapping that losing streak against arizona you know getting the positive vibes going again so that this great live betting game if this was a bet cast it would be the ultimate live betting game you want to see how pittsburgh looks early in the game are they locked in are they focused they playing well they're playing with the puck they're you know making the got the four check going against that vancouver defense which stinks you know, anybody if that's working hard, cycling the puck and, you know, winning their battles for uh, loose pucks can do significant damage against Vancouver, as most teams have done all season long. So uh, definitely uh, a situation where, uh, yeah, and Latang obviously not playing tonight. Uh, no question about that, Slats. Uh, he's uh, obviously, they're going to let him process and uh, things and, you know, grieve over the loss of his dad. And I'm sure they'll allow him to join the team whenever he's ready. So this is a, Right now, it's going to be a pass for me, honestly. Uh, and I don't do that very often, as you know. But it's going to be one of those games where I'm going to wait it out and we're going to see how things unfold early in the game. Let's see how Pittsburgh looks. If Pittsburgh's uh, on their toes and ready and taking the play to Vancouver, I might jump on a live first period puck line uh, with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. That's my strategy when it comes to uh, this game tonight. All right, next up, we've got New Jersey and Carolina. Carolina minus 145, home favorite, six the total uh, in this game. So Carolina's in one of those one of those weird zones right now where they're not their play has not fallen, okay? It really hasn't. You know, the loss to the Rangers, I don't think it was one of their better defensive games. They gave up 30 shots. I thought the Rangers did outplay them in that game where the win, where that 11 game win streak for Carolina got snapped. The two games after that against Nashville and Columbus, they they lose both of those. So this is now a three-game losing streak for Carolina. Let's not act like they played horrible in those two games. I mean, it looks bad, right? You lose at home to Nashville. you lo- And even worse, you lose to Columbus, 4-3 in a shootout. They outshot those two teams by a combined 109-42. to I mean, it's, <laughs> the, the puck just wasn't going in uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. They had opportunities. They had chances carried the play uh, for the majority of those games against Nashville and uh, Columbus and just didn't have anything uh, to show for it uh, going into uh, that. They deserve probably deserved wins in those two games, but you don't always get what you deserve in hockey, uh, especially a sport where you can outshoot, outplay, dominate the opponent, carry the play and not get the victory uh, to go with it. So 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see now how Carolina responds. This is, you know, a little adversity. Again, you haven't played terrible. You probably deserve to beat Nashville. You probably deserve to beat uh, Columbus, and you just didn't. So uh, we'll see how they fare here in this one. New Jersey, I'll tell you what, they're very good on the road. They're 14-3 and three on the road. We're looking for signs of life from this team. And, you know, they're starting to come out of the doldrums a little bit. That was a great, resilient showing by the Devils Saturday afternoon against the Rangers. They got behind 2-0. They make it 2-1. Rangers go ahead 3-1. And then in the third period, I thought the Devils really were just that, put their head down and say, we're not losing this game. We're coming back and we're winning. I like the resolve. That's good for a team where you think maybe a little mentally fragile right now uh, during this really tough stretch that they've had. Uh, over the last month, uh, I think definitely New Jersey gets you know a little bit of a boost from coming back, beating the Rangers the way they did, four three in overtime. Uh, I haven't pulled the trigger on this game yet. I'm certain I'm leaning to the Devils. I am here uh, as a road underdog in this game at plus one twenty. We'll have to see who's in net for the Hurricanes. It looks like uh, Stefan Nason's the one key uh, injury. Uh, for uh, Carolina right now. And he's played well for them. He's got a lower body injury and he's a game time decision right now for the uh, New Jersey uh, Devils, or sorry, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Pallad, of course, has come back in the lineup for the uh, Devils the last couple of games. Hasn't had a point yet, but looked a little bit better. Again, he hasn't hadn't played since October. He had a groin injury. So it's going to take him probably a few games to get going here a little bit. Uh, but right now, you know, Carolina... Minus 140 here. And New Jersey, if you look at the uh, series history, yeah, Carolina's won five straight, but 5-4 uh, in a shootout. I was on Carolina in that game uh, just uh, nine days ago in New Jersey, and uh, Carolina kept scoring, and New Jersey kept answering. You know, And it ended up being a 5-4 shootout win there for the uh, Hurricanes. Uh, again, I haven't uh, decided yet what I'm doing here, but I do lean a little to uh, New Jersey at plus 125. Again, I'm waiting to see goalie confirmations here in this one before uh, going ahead with a wager in it. Uh, Carolina is just in one of those zones right now. Puck's not going in. Puck luck will turn eventually. Will it turn tonight's the question. Vanacek uh, expected to be the starting goalie tonight for the uh, Devils. Not confirmed. It should be the young kid, uh, Pyotr Kochetkov, here for the uh, Hurricanes, who suddenly the last two games come back down to earth a little bit. Here for Carolina, he gave up four goals against the Rangers in a loss, and then he gave up another four goals against the Nashville Predators uh, in a loss. So, uh, Devils is the lean for me right now, uh, my plus one twenty-five. I mean, that's and plus they were right there with Carolina when they played them nine days ago, and New Jersey was still in horrible form back then. They got a little confidence now. Yeah, Jack Hughes anytime goal, as uh, Terry in our chat says. I mean, you could say that's a good th bet every game and not look like a total idiot right now. Uh, I mean, it's, he's just been ridiculous, uh, Jack Hughes, what he's doing. And don't count him out of the Rocket Richard race either. You know, he could still get himself into that mix. 26 goals now, 49 points for Hughes in 40 games. Just been fantastic. Look at what he's done just the last five games alone. He has uh, a whopping eight goals, and uh, it looks like two, four, six, nine, ten points in the last five games. Eight goals, ten points uh, in the last five games here for uh, Jack Hughes. So, He's just been uh, uh, terrific for the Devils. Uh, and again, uh, I'm not going to say to anybody, goal prop, point props for him right now. Don't bet him uh, because definitely uh, Jack Hughes has been uh, just uh, carrying things literally here for the Devils this season. All right, Minnesota Wild, New York Rangers. Uh, we've got the Rangers 
minus 140. Uh, home favorites here, six being the total, uh, shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, New York Rangers, uh, again, they've been off since that uh, aforementioned uh, game against the uh, New Jersey Devils. Tough one to lose for them. Uh, they were up 3-1, third period. Devils tie it, and then they win in overtime 4-3 uh, over the uh, Rangers. Now they will be uh, returning home to Madison Square Garden, looking to bounce back here uh, following that 4-3 uh, loss to the Devils. Minnesota in bounce-back mode as well. They've lost two straight back-to-back uh, -back games over the weekend. Uh, that crazy, wild, no pun intended, uh, crazy, exciting game uh, between the Wild and the Sabres on Saturday night, 6-5. Uh, it ended up uh, being for the uh, Minnesota or for the Buffalo Sabres in that game back and forth. It went uh, and then a three, nothing shutout loss to the St. Louis blues. Although, you know, Thomas Grice was really good. I mean, Minnesota, especially in the third period when they were down one, nothing, they poured it on big time uh, in that game uh, go, uh, for the uh, Minnesota wild. So, uh, and Thomas Grice stood tall and the blues still ended up getting the victory and they ended up winning three, nothing. So, uh, no question. Um, you know, you look at this game here against the uh, New York Rangers, certainly the Wild, you know, they'd want to snap the losing streak. No question about that. It's one of those games where you got two teams that have been, for the most part, you know, pretty good recently. Uh, you know, uh, they've had a few, you know, hiccups here and there. Minnesota's lost two in a row. The Rangers were red hot, but now that suddenly they're only three and three in their last six games, 500 hockey uh, during that stretch. You'd expect both teams to play pretty well here tonight, both off losses. It is worth noting, uh, Minnesota got hammered by the Rangers back on October the 13th, 7-3 to three, uh, in that game. Game ended up flying over the total. And, you know, you look at it from a uh, Marc-Andre Fleury standpoint, he gave up seven goals in that game against the Rangers. It was ugly for him. Remember, early in the season, very early in the season, we're talking like the first week or two of the regular season, and Marc-Andre Fleury and that whole Minnesota team defensively was a mess. You know, they were definitely not uh, playing well in their own zone. They weren't getting saves from Fleury uh, at that time. Uh, no question about that. What's Fleury going to be like tonight? He's back from his personal leave. He was lit up by Buffalo. He stormed off the ice. Apparently had a little bit of a spaz session uh, in the dressing room uh, after that loss to the Sabres Saturday night. That's the last time we saw him, obviously, uh, in net. How does he bounce back from that? He's he's a resilient guy. That's the one thing you got to give Flurry is that usually, you know, I trust him to actually be pretty good tonight. Honestly, I I, I for a, a guy that's had his ups and downs, like his numbers are okay. They're not great. Two point nine four goals against nine oh one save percentage on the season. But you know, usually in these times of strife for Mark Andre Flurry, and then he comes back from whatever he's dealing with, injury, whatever the case may be. Oftentimes he's got the right mental attitude that it's he's not rattled. You know, he's got a chance to come back and be strong here for the uh, Minnesota Wild tonight in this game. We'll see if he's able to be that for them. Uh, we think it'll be Igor Shosturkin and that. I have no reason to doubt that, but uh, it hasn't been confirmed on the Rangers side. It only has been confirmed on the Minnesota side that Marc-Andre Fleury uh, will be a net for them tonight. But I'm going to take a shot with the Wild here. Uh, plus 120, plus 125 in this game. That's the bottom line. Uh, you know, you lose 7-3 to a team at home. You don't forget that. You really don't, and, and I would expect the Wild to uh, bring something uh, pretty solid here to the ice. And for Minnesota, we've talked about how, especially last year, the road record wasn't necessarily spectacular by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, you look at the uh, Minnesota Wild, they did win in their last trip to uh, Madison Square Garden last year, 3-2. Uh, they defeated the New York Rangers here at Madison Square Garden. The game before that, you know, in 
uh, Madison Square Garden the, uh, was uh, the Rangers winning 3-2, but again in overtime. So Minnesota's played pretty tough here uh, the last two times they've been uh, in New York. So it's And again, this is a price thing for me too. I thought the Rangers should have been minus 125, minus 130 in this game. Uh, considering you look at the Wild, even before the last two losses, they were playing some really good hockey. They beat Tampa Bay. They beat St. Louis. Had some good wins on their resume. They beat Winnipeg, who are playing really good hockey this season. You know, some really good wins from the Wild. I didn't know the Rangers should be – I didn't think the Rangers should be this high. You know, now that it's up to minus 140, uh, minus 145 here in this game. So I do like the Wild plus 120 uh, in this game. And I'm going to take a smaller bet on the over here. It's six. The series history's gone over three of the last four head-to-head meetings between these two teams. I like usually overs in games where a team has been shut out in the previous game, and obviously we saw that with Minnesota losing to a St. Louis. Oftentimes when a team gets shut out, I either look for them to win or bounce back, especially if they're a pretty good team. You know, they're not a bottom feeder. I expect them to be better the next game. I'm looking at Minnesota's results here off a shutout loss this year. They got shut out by Seattle, and then actually they got shut out again by L.A. But then after the L.A. shutout loss, they beat Anaheim uh, when they were shut out there. Uh, that's the only time they've suffered, two times they've suffered a shutout loss uh, this season. But I like the price here we're getting uh, with uh, Minnesota, plus 120 or so with the uh, Wild here. Slight road underdogs, smaller lean toward the over. Smaller bet, I should say, toward the over here uh, as well between these two teams tonight. All right, Columbus and Tampa Bay. Uh, we've got uh, Tampa Bay minus 435 uh, to minus 440, even minus 450 in some spots here. Just gigantic home favorites. Six being the total here uh, across the board in this game. I mean, good luck trying to get value out of this uh, game if you like the Lightning. And unfortunately, for his, look, Columbus has been right in every game lately. Um, you know, when you look at the way they played uh, the last two games, they beat Carolina in the shootout on Saturday at home. Uh, one nothing against Washington. They actually outplayed and outshot and outchanced the Capitals. Uh, in that one nothing loss. So you're seeing bigger signs of being a little more competitive here in this game, which might have you think Columbus can hang around, but I'll tell you what, I don't know. I honestly don't know if I want to, any part of going against the Lightning after what I've seen from them here in uh, the last two games. 5-1 loss to Minnesota, 4-2 loss to the uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, after that on uh, Tuesday or on Friday night. And uh, I'll tell you what, John Cooper's usually very measured, very, you know, calm, cool, collected, composed, all of those C words, you know, cool cat, you know, doesn't usually let shit bother him, usually doesn't let any one performance in a game from his team bother him. But he was agitated, no question about it, after what happened on Friday night uh, in the uh, game against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. And he was irritated and angry with his team for lack of discipline, lack of composure, giving Winnipeg multiple five-on-three power plays in that game, which they took advantage of uh, against the uh, Lightning. And really, it was a special team's dominant win for the Jets. I mean, at five-on-five, the Lightning weren't terrible, but they just couldn't stay out of the penalty box. And yeah, Cooper was not good. And I'm going to play the clip here because I remember I retweeted it on uh, Twitter. It's worth uh, 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 showing it here, uh, playing it here. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see uh, the video, and he, and if you're listening on the podcast, you'll still be. Here's what uh, John Cooper said uh, after the uh, uh, the uh, Winnipeg game 
uh, on Friday night. Like I said, uh, he was uh, not very happy. So uh, here we go. We'll just uh, queue it up here. Let me just make sure we uh, share screen. Okay, here we go. Let's go. All right, there we go. Uh, this is the one right here, I believe. Here we go. All right, this is John Cooper from after the uh, Jets game on uh, Friday night. It's a complete lack of discipline. It was it's a, it was embarrassing what we did. It, it, how many five on threes you're up against in one season? You, know, you count on maybe one hand, and we give them like two minute and a half five on threes in one game. Unacceptable. That uh, that shouldn't happen. And you know, good on Winnipeg. I honestly it was a really nothing game going on. That game could have been zero zero and a shootout. And uh, you know, they stayed disciplined. Just said, sit back and wait for Tampa to screw it up, and they did. That's what happened. How do you flip that? How do you become more disciplined? Us as coaches going to have to turn that around. Are you expecting a, a game to be that intense? Uh, honestly, I didn't find that game intense at all. <laughs> I, it was, uh, like I said, tell me what happened in the game other than us taking penalties and, and giving them opportunities. I mean, there wasn't a five on five goal uh, that they scored. It was four on four, four on six, and five on threes. That's. To me, that was uh, sorry. That's that's on us. You don't play again until Tuesday. You know what do you hope that bit of a break might do? Oh, I don't know. This this hopefully this one hurts a little bit. I I, I get the last one late night travel back to back, and it was. Uh, it, but this one, this uh, this shouldn't happen. There you go. Uh, not very happy there was uh, John Cooper following that uh, debacle in his eyes. A debacle in terms of taking too many penalties, lacking discipline, and you give any team that many power play opportunities, including multiple five-on-threes, and obviously not very happy uh, is John Cooper after a game like that. So again, they've been off since that Friday night game where John Cooper kind of went off about the lack of discipline from his team after that Winnipeg game. So this is going to be their first game since then. So um, that's why I point this out. I, I pointed it out because yes, Columbus competitive over the weekend, very competitive. I mean, they beat Carolina, a good team and a, another pretty solid team in Washington. They lost by a goal or they lost by a goal and they outplayed wa uh, Washington for the majority of that game. I still would not want to be in Tampa Bay's way uh, here tonight uh, in this game. In fact, uh, if you look at this game from a, uh, I I'm, I'm going to take them in the first period on the puck line here. Um, my it's again, this is we don't you normally see uh, minus one ten, you know, on a first period puck line, but uh, that's what we get here tonight with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning here uh, in this game. I think early in the game they're ready, they're rested, they're certainly rested. They haven't played since Friday. Uh, they should be flying uh, out of the gate here uh, and ready to uh, you know jump on this Columbus team. I think that's a good way to play it. A minus a half, even money, minus one ten. Uh, first period puck line here uh, on the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, that I like, that I will bet. Um, and beyond that, a team total, I mean, team total again, though, and that's the, always the frustrating part is when you got these massive favorites and obviously uh, you get four and a half totals uh, instead of three and a half. So again, if you're going to play the team total, uh, I suggest, you know, maybe BetMGM is always the book I would suggest for team totals for NHL games, especially because they are the one book that will offer half goal increments. It's not one and a half. It's not two and a half, three and a half, four and a half. They'll give you two and a half, three, three and a half, four, 
four and a half. They'll give you half goal increments for team totals, which I think is fantastic because then you could bet over four minus 125 on Tampa Bay's team total here uh, and be able to uh, get the job done. The problem is, too, with the team total route tonight, I could see them, you know, get getting an early lead, one nothing, two nothing, three nothing, and then they look to shut it down, and maybe they don't get to four goals necessarily, or five for that matter. But, yeah, Tampa Bay first period puck line, it's it's just figuring out how you want to go about it, you know, in a game like that. There's just so many different ways you can, you know, peel the layers in, on a game like this, essentially. And, you know, first period puck line, I think, is about as good as you could do uh, in this game. Uh, if you want to get a little creative, like minus one and a half is minus 160. Do they really stomp Columbus tonight, you know, uh, after that back-to-back losses to end the road trip against Minnesota and Winnipeg? The Winnipeg one leaving their head coach very angry, very upset. Do you go minus two and a half plus 110? Do you take it one step further? Minus three and a half plus 265? A couple alternative puck line looks on the Tampa Bay Lightning, that they're not screwing around tonight, that they mean business, that the coach isn't happy, and that all of a sudden here they just come, just just pummel this Columbus team uh, into submission tonight. It's not a bad consideration if you're looking for extra value. Some of those alternative puck line shots tonight uh, on the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, minus 2.5, minus 3.5. The minus 2.5 is plus 110. Uh, the minus 3.5, if you think they can win by four goals or more, if you really want to get uh, a little creative and uh, gutsy, uh, that one is plus 265. So uh, those are some options. And by the way, I should point out, too, with uh, Tampa Bay, they have won seven of the last eight head-to-head meetings against Columbus, seven and one uh, in the last eight head-to-head meetings. The uh, victories uh, were, I'm just looking to see, the last few, actually, if you look at the last four Tampa Bay wins, against Columbus. The last four Tampa Bay wins against Columbus were 7-2, 4-1, 5-2, and 4-1. So in all four Tampa Bay victories, they've won four of the last five against Columbus. All four Tampa Bay victories, they scored at least four goals, and they won by at least three goals in all four games. 4-1, 5-2, 4-1, 7-2. So all four of those wins came by at least three goals. So I think what I might do is a Tampa minus a half, minus 110 first period. And I, I think I might get involved with a little minus two and a half here at plus 110. Again, you get a plus price with it. Each of the last four wins for Tampa Bay versus Columbus were by three goals or more. Not a bad option. And again, they should be, you know, this should be full 60 minutes of focus, effort, stay out of the damn penalty box as their head coach is imploring them to do, uh, you know, feel the sting of two losses in a row. So, uh, again, I'm going to go with that because, again, Columbus, you look at the last two games, great, great job competing. But let's also not forget, they're beaten up to shit, this team still. I mean, credit to them beating Carolina. They got heavily outshot. Keep that in mind. Now, they did outshoot Washington and probably deserved a better fate than losing one nothing. And the goaltending was good. Believe Merzlikens actually was very good. That was one of his best games in a long time uh, against uh, Washington uh, on Sunday. But can he do it again here against a very angry, potentially ornery, angry Tampa team? We'll have to wait and see. His numbers are still awful on the season for Elvis Merzlikens. There's still Gavrikov on the blue line is out. Bean, Blankenberg, and Wierenski are still out. So four starting defensemen are gone. Boracek IR. Boone Jenner, the captain IR. Justin Danforth on IR. Igor Shinikov on IR. Um, it, it's just, it's still a very, very ravaged team. Let's not forget that here 
uh, with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. So uh, definitely uh, Tampa first period puck line, Tampa minus two and a half, plus 110, the alternative puck line. Uh, even Tampa, you know, first period team total, as MDR suggests, is again, from a, from a value shot standpoint, yeah, to really come out and just, you know, put it to Tampa early or put it to Columbus, I should say, early, You're, you know, and be ready to play. Don't give this team power plays. And because let's be honest, actually, that's how they scored their goals against Carolina when they beat, um, uh, when they beat the Hurricanes on Saturday at home. When Columbus beat Carolina at home, the power play was lighting it up. It's not that they did a whole lot five-on-five, even strength. I mean, Marchenko had the hat trick uh, for Columbus in that game, and I think all of the goals, at least two of them, were on the power play. Well, if Tampa Bay is going to listen to their coach and not take penalties, not uh, not have a lack of discipline, uh, you know, be responsible, which they weren't, obviously, against Winnipeg. That's why Cooper was so angry. You know, then you don't expect Columbus to get those power play opportunities, which is where they made their hay uh, against Carolina when they beat the uh, Hurricanes in that big upset uh, on Saturday afternoon. So, yeah, Tampa Bay first period puck line, Tampa Bay minus two and a half. And I I even think that first period total, I see plus 170 for a Tampa Bay Lightning first period team total over one and a half. Again, Tampa Bay Lightning first period team total over one and a half plus 170. I think that might be worth a sprinkle here. I don't normally go that route uh, very often, especially with bigger favorites. But, you know, it, it, it's just got the, everything you're reading and, and sensing from the lightning is uh, no screwing around tonight. Business attitude start to finish. Speaking of business attitude, that's the attitude we try to have here on the Ice Guys show, uh, breaking down every single game. We have gotten through the first half of this Tuesday card. We will be back with the second half of the card right after we hear from Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. And is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. If you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the ice, guys, and we are ready to keep on rolling here. Winnipeg and Detroit as we begin the second half of this Big Ten game Tuesday card. Jets and Red Wings. Jets minus 135, road favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, Jets, a terrific run it's been for them, uh, 26 and 14, one of the top teams in the West and the NHL. Just a remarkably great uh, season so far for Rick Bonus, his first season as head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and look, this team has been impressive. Um, they're getting healthier too. I mean, that's the scary part. Think about how well the Jets have played this season with so many key personnel out of the lineup. You know, it was for a while they were without Nikolai Ehlers. They missed Blake Wheeler for a long period of time. Nate Schmidt, one of their better blue liners, was out for a long period of time. And, and now all of a sudden they've got all of those guys back and they're playing 
some exceptional hockey. Uh, they've won five in a row, uh, five straight wins coming into tonight. Uh, four of them at home against uh, Vancouver, Calgary, Tampa Bay, which is obviously very impressive when you beat them. Uh, seven four against Vancouver. Uh, they did lose two to, or they did lose one. Uh, actually, they beat Edmonton in Edmonton two to one. Uh, their last loss was uh, right after the Christmas break, four to one at home against the uh, Minnesota Wild. So they played excellent hockey. They go on the road now. It is worth noting the Jets are 16 and six at home. Terrific home record. 10 and eight on the road, which is still pretty good for a road record, but it's not, you know, nearly as, uh, they're not nearly as lights out, if you will, the Winnipeg Jets uh, away from home. You got this struggling Detroit Red Wings team now coming, uh, trying to bounce back after three straight losses. Lost to uh, New Jersey 5-1, 3-2 to Florida, uh, 4-1 to Toronto uh, on sa Saturday night. So it's been definitely a struggle here for the uh, Red Wings as they try to get their game back on track. Billy Huso uh, will be in net for the Red Wings tonight. Once again, Connor Hellebuck uh, gets the uh, nod for the Winnipeg Jets in this game. Uh, big, big news, though, for the Red Wings is that uh, Tyler Bertuzzi is back tonight for the uh, Red Wings and not a moment too soon. I mean, you're talking about a top line caliber player, certainly top six forward caliber player. He's been out since November the 30th. So basically over a month since we've seen him, uh, he was skating on the uh, top line with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond. He'll be back on the top power play units, a big, big boost for a team that, you know, suddenly in the uh, last uh, few games, goals have been hard to come by during this losing streak for the Red Wings, four goals scored. Uh, in the last three games combined in these three losses against the uh, Devils, the Panthers, and the Leafs. So uh, there's no question um, uh, getting Tyler Bertuzzi back going to help this team offensively, going to play in all key situations. We'll see if he can make an impact here tonight for the uh, Detroit Red Wings against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, worth noting here, Detroit uh, has actually beaten the Jets two of the last three head-to-head uh, -head meetings. And uh, last year, uh, it was uh, the Jets winning in Detroit, but then Detroit winning in Winnipeg. So the road team won each meeting uh, last year uh, between these uh, two teams. Jets have been trending under on the road, worth noting, 6-0 and to the under in their last six uh, road games. The under is cashed in five of the last six meetings uh, between these two teams. Uh, sometimes it's okay to pass on a game, and uh, this is another one where not a strong opinion for me. Uh, it feels like I I would only take the Jets. I would only take the Jets. They're better than Detroit right now, although the Red Wings are, you know, getting Bertuzzi back. You know, they've been plucky at home at times this season. They've been a little bit better at home than they've been on the road, whereas Winnipeg's been a little bit worse on the road than they've been at home. And, and you know, it's been, you know, pretty close competitive games the last three head-to-heads. And just from a Jets standpoint, you have a great per homestand there where you win uh, four uh, straight home games. Now you go on the road uh, and you play in Detroit and you got bigger games coming up at Buffalo on Friday night or on uh, on Thursday night, rather. And then at Pittsburgh on Friday night, you got bigger games on deck. It's just, it's not that utmost, you know, I trust this team to be razor sharp and focused tonight kind of thing for the Jets tonight. So that plus you're laying a buck 35 on the road and I'm, I'm never really loving laying that kind of moderate price, minus 135 or more on the road, unless I have a damn good reason to. So, like I say, I lean Winnipeg for sure. I don't want to step in front of this team. They're playing that well right now. And, again, getting healthier, getting everybody back. But uh, it just feels like it's got one of those, you know, 
in the pit of your stomach, those one of those spots where you worry about whether this team's going to have their absolute A game tonight necessarily. Uh, and when you look at the lineup, but when you look at this game, it's going to be more of a game that I probably look at a few props uh, more than, like I say, interested in the side or the total necessarily. For the Red Wings, I'm telling you what, um, Jonathan Berggren, this kid that's only 22 years old, they put him up the lineup and he's now got one, two, three, four points in the last six games for the Red Wings. He scored twice during that span. Keep your eye on him, uh, making more of an impact for the uh, Red Wings. Uh, Robbie Fabry scored against uh, Florida, uh, missed the game against the uh, Leafs. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see if uh, and it, the, the, the reason he didn't play against Toronto was it was back to back. He's recovering from that knee uh, injury and they didn't want to, you know, they want to manage that early in the year. They don't want him playing back to back games. So uh, no question about that. Uh, keep that in mind for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, certainly, it, you know, Kyle Connor is a man possessed. Can't stop him right now. Uh, for the uh, Jets. So every night it seems like he's worth a look in terms of props. I mean, this has just been insanity from Kyle Connor. What has he got in the last six games? This guy has 11 points. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Five goals as well uh, in the last six games uh, for Kyle Connor. He's been magnificent. Uh, Don't look now, but Ehlers needed a game to get under his belt, maybe to get back in the flow. And he got back in the flow against Vancouver. One goal, two assists, three points. And yes, it goes without saying Josh Morrissey, uh, all-star bound for the first time in his career. Uh, certainly from a points perspective, he's always worth a look, no question about that. So uh, definitely a, more of a game that I'll be looking at some player props when it comes to Red Wings and Jets. All right, Dallas Stars, New York Islanders. Dallas minus 115 to minus 120. Uh, road favorites, five and a half the total here in this game. We've got the uh, Dallas Stars uh, off a, a five to one home win uh, against the uh, Florida Panthers. Very, very impressive. Uh, they will be looking to uh, keep the uh, train rolling tonight against the uh, New York Islanders, who are returning home off a four-game road trip where they only went one and three uh, in very uh, disappointing uh, fashion. Uh, so we'll see if the uh, New York Islanders can bounce back from that. This has honestly been, for the most part, at least the last couple of years, the home teams have dominated. Islanders won two in a row at home. Dallas has won three in a row in Dallas, uh, including earlier this year a 5-2 win for the uh, Dallas Stars uh, over the uh, New York Islanders. Uh, we'll see how they fare in this one. The Islanders have kind of limped offensively the last a couple of games. Uh, three goals scored uh, combined against the Alberta teams and the two losses to end that road trip uh, against the uh, Flames and the Oilers. So I think when you look at this spot here for the Islanders, it's more of a focus, especially back here on home ice. Let's, let's get things going a little bit more. At the offensive end of the ice, we got kind of shut out toward the end of that trip, uh, and we'll see if they can uh, turn it around here uh, on home ice. And then you look at the Islanders and the way they've been trending from a total standpoint, uh, particularly on home ice. They've actually been a better offensive team at home. You look at some of the recent home games they had. They put up five against Pittsburgh right after the Christmas break. They put up five against Florida. Uh, They scored three. Uh, against the Rangers, like and especially in these home games, we've seen the Islanders, you know, obviously do a little bit better job offensively. So keep that in mind. I'm kind of making, trying to make a case to go over five and a half here. Uh, that, that's the bottom line. Uh, you know, you're talking about a total that's five and a half. It's the only five and a half really that we see on the board today. And I find more often than not, these games have been kind of going over the total. I know Dallas has gone under in three straight games, and they're five and one to the under in their last six. The Islanders are four and one to the under 
uh, in their last five. But head-to-head between these two teams, three of the last four have gone over. Uh, Each of the last two here in Long Island have gone over the total with 4-3 and 4-2 final scores uh, in those two games. So uh, I think at 5.5, I'm going to bite on over the total in this game. And keep in mind, while these two teams, I think, are more defensive-minded than offensive-minded, The Islanders have had an uptick offensively this year, especially Lane Lambert is not so stringent on the defensive end of the ice compared to Barry Trotz. And Dallas, under Peter DeBoer, they have not played that defense-first attitude as much either, quite as much, going from Rick Bonus to him, you know, as the uh, head coach as well. So, you know, I think think you got to look at over five and a half. And then again, you factor in that these two teams have gone over three of the last four times they've played each other including two in a row here on the island. Um, yeah, for me, I'm going to go five and a half here over uh, between the uh, Stars and the Islanders. Again, you're talking minus 110 as well uh, at uh, Bet Online as far as this total goes. Ottinger and Sorokin, by the way, the confirmed goalies here uh, in this matchup uh, between these two teams. All right, Calgary and St. Louis. We've got Calgary minus 170, uh, road favorites, six the total in this game. Uh, Calgary, uh, losing the first game of the road trip to Chicago, uh, disappointing, um, Daryl Sutter, not happy uh, after that game, uh, either for the, uh, let me see if we can get some, we're going to try to do this because I don't think we'll uh, get in trouble from the YouTube, uh, you know, moderators for it, but uh, I believe we've got some Sutter sound uh, as well from that uh, loss after the uh, Chicago game. Uh, not thrilled was he about the performance of his team really called out the young players too, which was kind of weird. Not thrilled about Markstrom, uh, his performance, and that's been Markstrom's season so far. Wasn't he was just so good, you know, against the New York Islanders the game before that at the end of the homestand. They won four one. Markstrom was, I think, one of his better games of the year, and he follows it up with probably one of his more poor games of the year, you know, in that four three loss against the Chicago Blackhawks. So, you know, it's been frustrating to see this. No question about that from uh, Calgary. Now bounce back spot for sure. We'll see if they're able to do that here uh, in this game. Uh, here we go. Yes, uh, we'll bring this up on the uh, screen right now. I think we've got it. Yes, we do. Here we go. Let's get some uh, Daryl Sutter uh, sound right here, uh, talking after the uh, disappointing loss against Chicago Sunday night. Take one penalty, score two power play goals, only give up a handful of shots, should win the game. Why do you think Because they scored a goal in overtime, make it 4 3. <laughs> You make uh, you make a goalie change uh, at that point. I mean, did you oh, have a response after that. Obviously, well, it was Jonathan scored right away, so it made it 3-2. But you know, you're still it's, it's hard to score four goals and let hockey ends. I got to rewind that. I got to hear that one again. It was just so funny. Take one penalty, score two power play goals, only give up a handful of shots, should win the game. Listen to this. Why do you think you didn't? Because they scored a goal in overtime, make it 4-3. You make uh, you make a goalie change uh, at that point. Classic Sutter. Like the response after that, obviously. Well, it was Jonathan scored right away, so it made it 3-2, but, you know, you're still it's, – it's hard to score four goals and let hockey ends. As this game goes along, I mean, are you are you happy with the way the third period goes? I mean, I'm finding a goal, but just yeah. – You know what? we got to take the point, right? We didn't skate yesterday because the Harlem Globetrotters were playing in our building. We had to travel, and we – couldn't skate this morning because six o'clock game. We better be thankful that we we got a point, considering that a lot of our young players uh, didn't show up. Lack of preparation. Right? Got taken by the hand. Some of these guys. 
such as the learning curve? Been in the league for one to six years, some of them. So is that just a lack of preparation? Will they change made to spark the team, or was it? No, no. Their goaltender was outplaying ours at that time. It was evident on the scoreboard. Shot clock. It's absolutely a cantankerous group of coaches right now here uh, in the NHL. No question about that. I mean, Cooper not happy. Sutter not happy. Uh, Torts wasn't happy after the, the Leaf game. You can tell the pressure's ramping up. We're into the new year now. These games are getting more important. It's more important to get two points every night. Uh, no question about that. So uh, I think Calgary brings it tonight. I do. And if you bring it against St. Louis, you can. I think you can beat them. So I'm interested in the Flames in regulation here. That's that's again, I, and I've stayed away from this team for a little bit. You know, I haven't been wronged by this team and their inconsistency. And you know what's frustrating too? If you look at the raw numbers, if you look at high danger chances for and against, uh, you know, puck possession, uh, expected goals for and against, the Flames look, stats look terrific in those categories. They are the very good goals for team expected, goals against expected. They're very good in terms of the high danger chances for and against. All of their numbers look good statistically. But again, they've had trouble finishing, turning those expected goals and those danger chances into actual goals. They've had issues with goaltending from Markstrom and consistently, consistency at times. They're actually not giving up a lot. The, the stats and numbers point out they're not giving up a lot, the Flames, defensively. They're not giving up quality chances like so many other teams are, but it's just that they're in that little zone right now where every every little mistake they make is they're paying the price for it. It ends up in the back of their net. And all these glorious chances they get in certain games, they can't put it in. They just can't put the puck in the net. And combination of those things, and you're getting a team where statistically they look great and the record does not match it. The record does not match it. And that is what we are seeing right now from – uh, the uh, Calgary Flames. Um, but I, I think they do respond here. I, I'm going to play them in regulation here around plus 100, minus 110 around that price. Markstrom, too. The one thing is he got pulled in that game. He is still one of the goalies that long term, he's been a good bounce back goalie. When he gets pulled, he's usually very good uh, the next uh, game out. So uh, I definitely am interested in the Flames here. Bennington and net for the uh, Blues. And keep in mind all the injuries that are still plaguing St. Louis decimated on the blue line. I mean, Perunovic, Scandelic, Tori Krug is the huge absence on the blue line on IR. Bortuzzo is now on IR. Nick Letty is out. I mean, that is three regular defensemen, especially you already without Krug. And, and now your Bortuzzo and Letty have been regulars on this blue line. And uh, they're now downgraded out. So this is a very, very shorthanded, ravaged blue line at the moment for the uh, St. Louis Blues. That could be some trouble uh, for them tonight going into this game. Uh, you look at it from a uh, depth perspective on that blue line for St. Louis. Going to be tested tonight. You're going to see a lot more Steve Santini, Tyler Tucker. Uh, holy goodness. I mean, that is a very inexperienced uh, third pair on the blue line tonight for the St. Louis Blues. You got Nico Mikola is now going to move up to the top pair with Pareko, who's now clearly the one lone inexperienced defenseman they still have left. Uh, Callie Rosen, uh, Falk as well, I should say, but Callie Rosen has actually played well lately for the Blues. He'll move up to the second pair, but that third pair is 
that's one Calgary might be able to make hay against tonight. No pun intended. I know Daryl Sutter makes a lot of hay out there on the farm uh, in Viking, Alberta. Uh, that's uh, I just end up somehow getting into these segue, these puns, and I just I'd never even think of it. Like, I, are you are you shitting me that I said make hay for a Calgary Flames game with Daryl Sutter as the coach, knowing he's got a farm out there in Alberta? I mean, that's just that's just happenstance. That's not planned. That's not scripted. Spontaneous stuff coming from my uh, crazy brain, uh, but it, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Calgary and uh, regulation here uh, with the uh, Calgary Flames in this one down to about even money uh, in this game. Uh, we'll rock with that. I just think, you know, it's going to be too much to overcome here for the uh, St. Louis Blues in this one. And keep in mind, too, it's been kind of disappointing about the Blues as their home record. They're actually not a bad road team, 13-11. and 11. They're 7-10 and 10 at home. So here at, at, in their home building, they have not been – very good this year, the uh, St. Louis Blues. Uh, and uh wouldn't shock me if that trend continues uh, here tonight. All right, next up here, uh, we got two games left on this Tuesday card. Uh, San Jose Sharks, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we've got San Jose minus 140. Road favorites uh, in this game. Sizable road favorites here uh, for San Jose. And the total uh, currently a six uh, and a half pretty much across the board uh, in this one. I like Arizona. I'm going back to the well. I've uh, maybe become prisoner of uh, becoming too much, uh, too much betting involvement for this team, but I do like them tonight uh, at home against uh, Pittsburgh or against San Jose. They lost against Pittsburgh uh, in their last home game, which has been more of a anomaly that performance on home ice because. Uh, still, for the majority of their games recently here at Mullet Arena, this team has played very well. Uh, no question about that. Look, they probably they, they ran into a Pittsburgh team that, you know, finally put their foot down and said, that's enough. We're not going to keep this losing streak going. And the Penguins took care of business with that four to one win over the uh, Coyotes. Five straight, um, uh, you know, that's five straight losses now for Arizona with that loss. But the other four losses were all on that road trip against Chicago, Philly, Florida, and Tampa. Let's keep in mind that this team is still three and one in their last four home games, and they've beaten quality teams here at uh, you know Mullet Arena. They beat uh, Toronto at home. They beat Colorado at home. They beat L.A. Uh, at home. They lost in overtime to Montreal. They get, they were you know played Buffalo pretty tough at home. They had wins against the Bruins and the Islanders at home when they first got back to Mullet Arena. Uh, following that month-long journey uh, on the road. So no question about it. I think the uh, Coyotes bring it strong here tonight. The one thing that I was pissed beyond belief about is that I didn't split it up like I normally have been doing with Arizona at home. More often than not, I've been taking the first period money line and the full game money line. Uh, I just only went full game money line against Pittsburgh, and I actually paid the price for it because if I had gone the split route again i actually would have cashed with arizona in the first period against pittsburgh because they led that game one nothing uh, after the first period so that's what i'm going to do here back to the split between the first period and the full game money line here with uh, arizona first period money lines around plus 110 and full game money line around plus 120 to plus 125 here uh, with the uh, arizona coyotes bounce back spot for them uh, home ice has still been pretty solid for them more often than not lately and as for the San Jose Sharks, I mean, you know, they continue to just struggle for the most part, two and eight, their last 10 games, back-to-back -back losses against Anaheim and Boston uh, in their last two games. In fact, they're only one and five in their last six games, and the only victory was against Chicago. 
So it really has been a big-time struggle here for uh, the uh, San Jose Sharks. And defending continues to be a problem for San Jose. Other than that win against Chicago, you know, they've, they've not kept the puck out of the net. Since the uh, Christmas break, six goals to Vancouver, four goals allowed to Philly, five to Dallas, five to Anaheim, four to Boston. Only that Chicago win was the only one since the uh, Christmas break where the San Jose Sharks have held their opponent to below four goals. So definitely the defensive end of the ice has been a clear uh, issue and problem uh, for the uh, San Jose Sharks here uh, as of late. So, yeah, I have no doubt, like, Alex is actually going to send me his card, and we're going to post it on the Patreon page. Alex B. Smith will be back on Thursday uh, later this week. I'm sure this first period over is on his card. I would I would be shocked, 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 shocked if the first period over is not part of Alex's uh, NHL card tonight uh, in this game. Uh, I think he will definitely be looking at that uh, as a bet in this one. And I like the over a little bit as well. The full game over, I mean, uh, in this game, six and a half year shaded to the under been talking about these uh, shark games going over the total uh, just nine, uh, eight, Oh, and one. Yeah. Eight, Oh, and one uh, to the over in the last nine games uh, for the uh, San Jose sharks. And if you actually look at series history, Coyotes versus Sharks, 6-1-1 one, and one to the over in the last eight head-to-head meetings uh, between these two teams. So Arizona first period money line and full game money line split for me and also uh, over six and a half here with uh, Sharks and uh, Coyotes. Uh, just quickly on some props, Barabanov, I've been talking about him for San Jose, probably worth a look. He's on the top power play unit now, a little undervalued, no question about that, um, you know, and getting more ice time. Uh, top line role as far as the uh, coyotes are, are concerned uh nick bukestad's been stepping up dylan gunther by the way back with the coyotes now back with arizona uh second game back he returned against pittsburgh but i think undervalued too because this guy was had 11 points before he joined canada at the world junior hockey championship so a couple of good uh, prop looks uh for the uh, coyotes as well in this game i think uh, someone else i would look potentially towards here jack mcbain's actually at home been a little bit better offensively lately uh they've moved nick schmaltz down to the third line which is pretty weird because he's been so consistent offensively but i still think nick schmaltz is always you know worth a consideration right now with uh, the Arizona Coyotes with their uh, player props. So uh, a good game maybe to sprinkle on some props there. All right, last game of this Tuesday card. It is the Florida Panthers taking on the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, we've got uh, Colorado, a uh, minus 130 uh, home favorites. Uh, the total in this game currently six uh, shaded to the over uh, in this game. You know what's absolutely hilarious about this matchup? is that these two teams were battling each other for the President's Trophy last season, a President's Trophy that ended up being won by the Florida Panthers, of course. And now neither of these teams as of today are in a playoff spot. Think about that. Both of these teams neck and neck battling all season for the President's Trophy last year, two of the best teams in the NHL during the regular season a year ago. Um, spectacular regular seasons, both of them. And as of January 10th, 2023, this season, neither one is in a playoff spot. Just uh, incredible how different this season has been for both teams. Now for Florida, the issue has been this team sucks right now. I think that's been the, look, they have had some injuries, but I'm not excusing Florida uh, for what they've gone through. Uh, they have not been good. They have not been consistent and they continue to be that way. 
uh, for the most part. 18 and 23 uh, on the season, 8 and 14 on the road. That is a bad road record for the uh, Florida Panthers. 5-1 loss to Dallas uh, in their last game uh, on Sunday afternoon. Um, the, since the Christmas break, um, they are only 3-3, three and three, and the three wins, really none of them are impressive at all. They beat the Laval Rocket Blue Line, known as the Montreal Canadiens, 7-2, first, uh, first game back from the Christmas break when they were talking all that uh, junk about uh, playoff start now for us. And yeah, it looked that way that night that they meant business. But maybe it didn't mean business. Maybe it just took advantage of a team that can't defend, which we've seen repeatedly from the Montreal Canadiens since the Christmas break. Well, then you follow that up. You're talking all that smack, talking all that mumbo-jumbo, that garbage, garbage, that the playoffs start now for you coming out of the Christmas break. Uh, And what did you do after that Montreal game? Well, you played someone good, finally, is what happened. And you got shut out for nothing. And then you played someone good again, the New York Rangers. And what happened? You lost 5-3. So you're one and two coming out of the Christmas break in your first three games, talking that, uh, running, flapping your gums, talking about playoff start now for us. Now it's time to step up. That's number one. And then number two, you got two wins next up against uh, Arizona and Detroit. Arizona, uh, obviously not the same team on the road. And you took care of business against them. Big whoop-de-doo. And then Detroit, when you played the Red Wings, they're reeling. They're on a little bit of a funk right now. So those were the two wins. And then they go back to playing someone good again on the road, the Dallas Stars, and they get thumped 5-1. to one. So the, the Florida Panthers, the point of all this is they have not had one impressive victory since the Christmas break, since they made this big vow that the playoffs start now for us. Now we mean business. Now we've got to go on a run. You have not had one win that's impressing me. Not one. Montreal with a Patchwork blue line does not impress me. Arizona, bad on the road, does not impress me. Um, Detroit, and you caught them struggling when you played them. Uh, that does not impress me. You played the good teams since the Christmas break. Dallas got thumped. Carolina got thumped. Rangers, you lost. You know, that's the point here. Florida hasn't beaten anybody good since the Christmas break. The argument you can make now is Colorado good right now. Because they haven't looked good. They haven't played well. They lost five in a row. But man, if there's ever a time to maybe buy low, buy some stock, buy in, it's maybe after that win against Edmonton, where they're up, their backs are against the wall. They're down 2 nothing. They're taking penalties left and right. Uh, Edmonton's power play early in that game is making them pay for it. And it looks like they're on their way to a sixth straight loss. But then some absolute incredible you know, refusing to lose performances from both Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr in that third period brought them back from a 2 nothing deficit. They tied it up 2-2. McCarr with a great end-to-end rush in overtime with the game-winning goal, uh, and they end up coming back to beat Edmonton 3-2. That, to me, when I look at it, is a buy sign on Colorado, that this team that we know they're the defending champs, we know that they have work to do, and they're saying the same shit now that Florida said uh, right after the Christmas break. That and Bednar's talked about it, McKinnon's talked about it. Our playoffs, you know, we got to go on a run now. It's no good if we come back and we beat Edmonton and we go back into the tank again. And I think with Florida, yeah, they've had some injuries. I think it's just more they're not very good right now. They're not a very good hockey team right now. They don't get a save from Bobrovsky or 
even Spencer Knight deserves blame. He didn't play great against Dallas either. Uh, he's got to step it up too, but they haven't gotten a save. Their defensive game has been a mess this season. I chalk up more of Colorado's recent struggles to injuries. Like they've been beaten up to shit the last several weeks. McKinnon missed time. You know, they had Big Val Nachushkin out. He came back and he's out again. Josh Manson's still on the IR. They had Eric Johnson out for a bit. Yeah, like I said, Manson's still on IR. They have had a ton of injuries here, Colorado, to deal with the last few weeks. I think their struggles are way more excusable and injury-related than Florida's. That's the way I see this. And to me, I like Colorado here, uh, minus 130. Uh, it's time for them maybe to put a run together, talk in the talk. Florida, uh, it's not like Florida on the road. We trust them, 8-14. and 14. You look at the recent road games for the Florida Panthers, 5-1 loss to Dallas, good team, 4-0 loss to Carolina, a good team, 5-1 loss to the Islanders, 7-3 loss to Boston. They don't beat good teams on the road. That's what we're finding out about the Florida Panthers. They do not beat good teams uh, on the road. I still think Colorado's a good team. I do. I know they've gone through the abyss here, some struggles. I think they pull themselves out of it. That was a huge confidence builder. You know, to snap the skid, break the skid, uh, get off the schneid against Edmonton to come back from down 0-2 in that game, force overtime, and, and then win 3-2. I think that's a big boost for the Avalanche, and I think that momentum rolls in to tonight as they host the uh, Florida Panthers. So Colorado, minus 130 for me uh, in this one. Uh, as far as props go uh, in this game, um, you look at it. Um, as far as Colorado goes, I, I still think Comfort. Uh, is undervalued. We've talked about him for a while. Uh, you, you know, he's gone down the lineup. Uh, I think actually right now, uh, Rantanen, uh, I think actually, you know, he's been really good lately. And now that they've got McKinnon starting to shake off the rust of returning from that injury, uh, you know, he might go on a little bit of a torrid run. I mean, I, it's like Nathan McKinnon brought, basically went from first gear to, to fifth gear in the third period against Edmonton. He just, all of a sudden, he looked like a man possessed. He took his game to another level, which is very capable of. Um, but uh, when he gets into that kind of groove, it can be dangerous uh, for the opponents. So McKinnon props might be worth a look here tonight. And again, this Florida team is just not defending, especially when they play good teams. Like they've also given up goals to good teams. You look at, uh, you look at the uh, Dallas game, they give up five goals. They give up uh four to Carolina, they give up five to the Islanders, seven to Boston. I mean, they're just not keeping the puck out of their own net, especially when they play on the road, especially when they play good teams. I might even add Colorado team total over three. And a, I mean, that's a plus money price tonight on that. So I'll probably do a split bet here with this Colorado side because I really do like the abs here uh, in this game tonight. But I, I think I want to get in on the team total at a, at a plus one, plus one twelve at Pinnacle. For over three and a half team total, Colorado. I just rhymed off the recent results for Florida on the road against quality competition. Five goals allowed to Dallas, four goals allowed to Carolina, five goals allowed to the Islanders, seven goals allowed to Boston. Um, they have been given up four plus to every good team on the road that they have played lately. So uh, I think Colorado can get to four goals here tonight. Over three and a half plus 112 is a great price, great number either way. And I also like uh, Colorado Moneyline here, uh, minus 130 tonight uh, at home. All right, great stuff. That is the Tuesday uh, NHL card. Massive slate, 10 games. Hope you enjoyed the analysis. I don't mind doing the solo shows. 
don't cry for me, Argentina, if you will. Uh, don't have pity for me. I love doing the shows on my own. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Although I like them more when you know Alex is with me. I do, but uh, I don't. I never mind doing the show solo. We will not be alone tomorrow. Uh, Matt Wright will join us on the show tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. He made his Ice Guys debut a couple weeks ago. Did a great job. We're getting him back uh, on the show tomorrow. We'll ask him how it was attending the World Junior Hockey Championship in Halifax. Uh, he went to a bunch of the games uh, in Halifax uh, at the World Junior Hockey Championship. So uh, that will be a lot of fun. We'll ask him what he thought of seeing Connor Bedard and the absolute wizardry and domination uh, he inflicted uh, on that tournament, seeing that live and in person. So we'll get Matt Wright's thoughts on that uh, tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to that. Best bets to wrap up the show in a second. Reminder, patreon.com slash ice guys. It's just $10 per month. It's got the daily ice guys show betting card plays from me, Alex, uh, every single day posted on the Patreon page. Uh, as well, we've got goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, and more bonus content as well. We did Jay Rosehill video content months ago. We're going to have Jordan Kristanovich on Thursday. We're going to be doing some bonus video content for the Patreon ice guys page with him as well so tons of incentives to sign up at patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars a month best bet to wrap up the show coming right up right after we hear from manscaped support for the ice guys is brought to you by manscaped our good friends at manscaped who are the best in men's below the waist grooming their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels manscaped's performance package the ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over 7 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you courtesy of the ice guys get 20 percent off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscaped.com if my math is correct that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant. Keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim. That's what it's all about. And Manscaped.com can help you out with that so make sure you take advantage of this manscape.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped All right, we're back here on the ice, guys, and it is time for Best Bet to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. 
And we're going to go to the last game we just talked about. You could tell, you probably could sense in my voice that I like this side quite a bit. We're taking the Colorado Avalanche. Minus 125 is actually still out there with them right now at DraftKings. Um, I think it's now time to buy in on Colorado. They've gone through their tough times. They've survived, you know, the majority of their injuries. They've still got a few, but, you know, they're getting much healthier. And that was a big time confidence boost to come back, beat Edmonton, snap the losing streak. And I think it's momentum that carries through to tonight against this struggling, reeling Florida team that just cannot beat anybody good. I'm sorry, you're not playing the Laval Rocket Montreal Canadiens defense tonight. You're not playing the Arizona Coyotes tonight. No, you're playing a, a hockey team that I think has their best hockey still in front of them here tonight in this game and moving forward. Colorado's gone through their little rough patch. This is a better team than their record shows. Once they get healthy, look out. They know that they can't mess around. They've got to start putting wins on the board because the Western Conference is going to be a beast to make the playoffs this year. Can't leave anything for chance. Colorado builds off the comeback against Edmonton and gets it done tonight. Minus 125, Colorado Avalanche. That's going to be my best bet here for this Tuesday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday. Myself and Matthew Wright will be with you for the Wednesday edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 